reaching Israel and the world. Baruch Hashem, beloved ones, bless the name of the Lord. Thank you for tuning in today to Discovering the Jewish Jesus. Honey, you were sharing something with me just a little bit ago that I think has a lot of weight on it. And I'd love for you to share that with our viewers today. What's the Lord's been speaking to you about? I just been wrestling with God on knowing the experience of Him on the inside. Really experiencing Him every day that everything that I'm seeing on the outside is not distracting me from living and moving and experiencing my inside, the Spirit of God that's in there speaking to me and that, that I'm so much more aware of that on the inside that nothing from the outside will distract me and I will move and I will speak from what's going on in the inside instead of what I'm seeing on the outside. That's a mouthful right there, hon. I love that. You know, the Apostle Shaul or Paul told us that one of the mysteries of the gospel is Messiah in us, Christ in us, the hope of glory. And hon, to be able to live from the inside out and to yes. stay in God's power by living from within, I mean, that is so fundamental. And we need to be cultivating that every single day, staying centered in the Spirit of the Lord who lives inside every child of God. Beloved, God bless you today. Baruch Hashem, beloved, welcome to season two in our series on Messianic Prophecy. This is actually the second season and the second episode of the second season. I really want to encourage you, if you haven't had an opportunity to view or listen to the other episodes in these series on Messianic Prophecy, I believe it really would be worth your time to do so. Now, I'm really drilling down on the nature of Messianic Prophecy, and I've really endeavored to help you understand that many people's view of Messianic Prophecy is that there's all these predictions in the Old Testament or the Tanakh of what Jesus would do. And I've really gone a long way to help show you that when the New Testament writers use the Hebrew Bible in such a way that they say Jesus fulfilled it, they're not always talking about Jesus fulfilling future predictions. The New Testament writers' view of messianic prophecy is much broader than that. The New Testament writers use messianic prophecy not just to show how Yeshua fulfilled predictive prophecies, meaning prophecies that were very specifically about how the Messiah in the future would fulfill this particular scenario or event. But the New Testament writers often use the Old Testament or the Tanakh in a way that they say Yeshua fulfilled it in the sense that Yeshua filled it full with meaning. And so on last week's broadcast, I talked about Moses and how Moses talked about the fact that the Lord was going to raise up from amongst Israel a prophet like himself. And anybody that did not listen to this prophet would be cut off. Now that's predictive. That's very, very predictive. Moses said the Lord's going to raise up from among Israel a prophet like me. That's predictive. It's something that's going to happen in the future. 
And the Lord said, and he that does not listen to this prophet will be cut off. Very scientific. That could be mathematically and scientifically measured. And Jesus fulfilled that prophecy. In fact, in the book of Acts, Peter actually quotes the scripture that I just referred to from the book of Devarim or the book of Deuteronomy and saying, this Yeshua, this Jesus fulfilled this prophecy that Moses spoke of. Predictive prophecy, scientifically measured. Yeshua came, he lived, and he did exactly what Moses said he would do. But much of the way the New Testament writers use prophecy is in a more general sense. And I talked, for example, on last week's broadcast, I gave an example from the book of Hosea. Hosea chapter 11, verse 1 is quoted by Matthew. Matthew said Jesus fulfilled Hosea chapter 11, verse 1. Hosea chapter 11, verse 1 says, Out of Egypt did I call my son. But when the Lord gave that word to Hosea 11.1, it wasn't a prediction. In fact, what God was doing was talking through Hosea about what he already did. God had already called his people Israel out of Egypt hundreds of years before Hosea spoke that. So that was not a predictive prophecy. In fact, it doesn't even appear on the surface that it was a prophecy at all. Now, some of you may be tuning in for the first time today. I don't want to lose you. In Hosea chapter 11, verse 1, Hosea speaking. He records for us the Lord saying, Out of Egypt did I call my son. Now, when you hear a prophecy, once again, many of you think of a future prediction. But Hosea chapter 11, verse 1, even in the original historical context in Hosea, was not a prediction of the future. Rather, God was simply saying to Hosea, I called Israel out of Egypt hundreds of years ago, out of Egypt I called my son. Yet Matthew quotes that scripture and says Jesus fulfilled it. Well, what's going on? First of all, it doesn't even look like a prophecy in the sense of most people's understanding of prophecy because most people, when they think of a prophecy, they're thinking about a future prediction. So first of all, when we read it, it doesn't even look like a future prediction. So most people would think it's not even a prophecy. And then secondly, not only is it not predictive in nature, but even beyond that, Hosea was recording something that already happened. And yet Matthew quotes it and says, Jesus fulfilled it. What's going on there? How can that be? Well, what is happening, beloved ones, is that the New Testament writers, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, understand that the entire Tanakh, the entire Hebrew Bible, is ultimately about Yeshua. Yeshua is the aim of all the scriptures. This is why the Bible tells us in the book of Luke that Yeshua took his disciples on a journey through the prophets, the law of Moses, and he showed them all the things contained in those scriptures that ultimately pointed to them, to, to him rather. At first reading, when the disciples read the Law of Moses and the prophets, they didn't even realize that much of it was prophetic. But then Yeshua showed them, listen, this story about Joseph, it ultimately pointed to me. This sto story about Moses, it ultimately pointed to me. The entire Hebrew Bible finds its end in Yeshua. Whoa!
we're so focused on outward expression. But God is not out here. If we're going to find Father, we're going to find Him in here. How many of you, God is really speaking to you about this? I want to pray for you. I want to ask you to come. I'm asking you to come out from the noise, to spend time alone with God every day. In the silence, listening to soft music like this. And as you do these things, Father God will still your soul and you'll begin to drink of His Spirit as you learn how to hear His voice and follow Him. I want you to lift your hands. Father God, in Yeshua's name, I want to drink of your spirit. I want to receive you in my life in a deep way. I want to be refreshed. I want to experience supernatural reality. I want to know you, God. Is the Lord leading you to help Rabbi Schneider around the world? From teaching pastors and evangelism to large crowds in Africa, South America, the Caribbean, and more, to preaching and ministering to God's chosen people in Israel, and a dynamic television ministry, discovering the Jewish Jesus is reaching the world for Christ. With your support, you'll help send Rabbi to deliver the truth of God's Word to people who may never hear unless you send him. Visit DiscoveringTheJewishJesus.com or call 800-777-7835 to confirm your part in helping Rabbi build up believers in their faith and change lives all over the world. I'm going now to the book of Isaiah, chapter number 6. Let me read for you here. Verse 8 and 9, I did refer to this in series number 1, but it's important to point this out to you again. You may ask yourself, Rabbi, why, are you, why do you keep on going over the same thing? Let me tell you why I'm so sensitive to this. Myself as a Jewish person, most of you know I'm Jewish, born Jewish, raised Jewish, bar mitzvah in a conservative synagogue. I'm a Jewish believer in Yeshua. I'm a Jewish believer in Jesus. And as a Jew, I am by and large rejected by the Jewish world. Did you know, beloved ones, that in general the Jewish world says to me, you're not even Jewish anymore. You're not Jewish anymore because you switched to another religion. It just, uh, it's just a biased mindset that says within Judaism, you can't stay a Jew and believe in Jesus. To show you how serious this is, as a Jewish person, born Jewish, raised Jewish, 100%, Ashkenazi Jew, my ancestors are from Europe. I cannot even become a citizen in Israel because I believe in Jesus. So I'm very sensitive to this because all of the blowback and pushback I get from the Jewish world. They tell me that you can't be a Jew and believe in Jesus because they say Jesus is not, they say, the Jewish Messiah. I stake my life on the fact that Yeshua is the Messiah of Israel, that Yeshua is the Messiah of Israel and the Savior of the world, that He was raised from the dead and He is God's only means to salvation. In fact, the Apostle Paul said this, who was a Jew, one of the leading Jews of his day, 
educated under the leading Jewish sage of his day, Gamaliel. Paul said this, if Yeshua has not been raised from the dead, then you and I are the biggest fools in the earth for believing something and giving our life to something that isn't even true. And Paul said beyond that, if Yeshua hasn't been raised from the dead, not only are we fools for following a fairy tale, but he said even worse than that, we're liars because we're telling people in the world that God did something that he didn't do if in fact God has not raised Yeshua from the dead. But God has raised Jesus from the dead and he is the Messiah of Israel and the Savior of the world. And yet, my message is rejected by the Jewish people, by and large, just like Yeshua was rejected by his people, by and large, when he came. The Bible says of Yeshua in the Gospel of John, he came unto his own, meaning Israel, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God. So, here's the point. The point is, as a Jewish person, when I begin to talk about Jesus to my Jewish brethren, especially to rabbis, immediately they just want to slam me down to the ground. They tell me that you're using these scriptures and these prophecies out of context, that you're saying that Jesus fulfilled this prophecy. Look, you're saying that Jesus fulfilled Hosea 11.1. 1. That is even a prophecy. How can you say that Jesus fulfilled it? It was never even a prophecy to begin with. So what traditional rabbis say is that the way the New Testament writers use the Hebrew Bible in the way they say Jesus fulfilled that they say, listen now, is a misuse of Scripture. What they say we're doing is we're taking a Scripture out of context and we're giving it a whole new meaning which was never intended by the original author in the Hebrew Bible. Let me give you an example of what I mean by this. I'm going now to the book of Isaiah, chapter number 6, verse 8 and 9. Hear the Word of God. Isaiah speaking, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I, send me. He said, Go and tell this people, Keep on listening, but do not perceive. Keep on looking, but do not understand. So what is going on here is that Isaiah is receiving his call from ministry to the Lord. The Lord says to Isaiah, who shall I send? And Isaiah says, send me. And the Lord says, go. He says, I'm going to send you, and they're going to keep on listening, but they're not going to perceive. They're going to look, but they're not going to understand. And so what happens? This scripture that was originally just simply a word that was given to Isaiah by the Lord when God called Isaiah, Yeshua now uses that same scripture from Isaiah and he applies it to himself. And he says that in himself, listen, Jesus said, it's been fulfilled. So hear me now, when people see the New Testament writers say Jesus fulfilled it, they're thinking, oh, he must have fulfilled some type of prediction from the Old Testament. But that's not the way the New Testament writers oftentimes use prophecy. They don't mean it that Jesus fulfilled a future prediction, but that Jesus filled it up with meaning. And the next question we need to ask ourselves is, did then the New Testament writers misuse the scriptures? Here's what Jesus did. Listen. Hear the word of God. Stay with me now. We're going to make sense of all this. We're going now to Jesus' use of this same scripture. In Matthew 13, verse 13, Yeshua says, Therefore, I speak to them in parables, because while seeing, they do not see. And while hearing, they do not hear, nor do they understand. 
in their case, the prophecy, get that, in their case, Yeshua said, the prophecy of Isaiah is being fulfilled, which says, you will keep on hearing, but will not understand. You will keep on seeing, but will not perceive. So what is Yeshua doing? Yeshua is taking the prophetic word that the Lord gave to Isaiah concerning what would happen in Isaiah's ministry, and Yeshua now says, now it's being fulfilled in my ministry as well. And so, once again, beloved, I want you to just get the big picture, because you may, at some point in your life, quote a messianic prophecy to a Jewish person, and they would say to you, well, you know, your New Testament says that Jesus fulfilled that, but if you look at that scripture in the Hebrew Bible, that's not what it was talking about at all. It wasn't talking about a Messiah. It was just talking about Isaiah. But if you understand the playing field and the types of issues that we deal with, it's called apologetics in our endeavor to defend the faith, then you'll be much better prepared to know an objection that you might end up getting. Of course, the question at this point now becomes when the New Testament writers took scriptures from the Old Testament and apply them to Yeshua in a way that was never understood by the original writer in the Hebrew Bible. In other words, when Isaiah recorded this verse about himself, he probably had no understanding that this scripture would ultimately be applied to himself by Yeshua. In other words, when Isaiah originally wrote this down, he didn't realize that Yeshua is going to be quoting that scripture and applying it to himself. And so somebody might say, well, you're taking a scripture that had one meaning to the original author, and now you're taking it and you're turning it and giving it a completely different meaning. You're pulling it out of context and then applying it to Yeshua. That is not an honest use, that someone might say, of prophecy. But beloved, first of all, it is a totally honest use of prophecy because the writers of the New Testament were under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And if Yeshua is the Messiah, which he absolutely is, then the New Testament writers have the right to take any scripture and apply it to him because the entire aim of the Hebrew Bible finds its climactic fulfillment in the Messiah. But let me go a step further. When I, for example, as a Jewish person, encounter a traditional rabbi that says to me, you are misusing scripture because you're taking scriptures from the Hebrew Bible out of context and applying them to Yeshua. For example, we're going to be looking here in the weeks ahead at the book of Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14 where Isaiah receives a prophetic word, the virgin will conceive and bring forth a child, and you shall call his name Emmanuel, meaning God is with us. Of course, we use that in a big way in the New Testament. What a traditional rabbi would say is that you are totally misusing that scripture because that scripture that was given to Isaiah, behold, the virgin will conceive and bring forth a child, or they would say the word that we translate in the New Testament as virgin, which is in the Hebrew Alma, does not necessarily mean a virgin, but it means a young woman of childbearing age. They would say you're totally twisting that, because number one, they would say it doesn't necessarily mean a virgin, and they would say, number two, that that scripture was not about the Messiah. It was about 
Isaiah's wife going to have a child. Some people feel that it was about the king Ahaz having a child. They say it wasn't a messianic prophecy. You guys are taking it and applying it out of context. But here's what I need you to understand. That is a totally unfounded accusation because of the fact when we study Judaism, Judaism does the same exact thing and they have done the same exact thing for 2,000 years where they take a scripture that's given in the original context and was understood by the original hearers in one way and then they take the scripture within rabbinic Judaism and they give it a totally different meaning than was originally intended or understood by the original audience. This is done in the Talmud, which is the major uh, source that rabbis study as they're preparing for the rabbinate, where they'll take a verse in, in, in the Talmud. Again, it's a, it's a long, uh, you have to get some of my other teachings. I don't want to get too sidetracked on that right now, but it, it's just a, a source of rabbinic Judaism today. They'll look at a verse in, in the Talmud and they'll actually study with someone. Each person has a, a partner they'll study with. And the goal of the study is to give that verse as many creative interpretations as possible. And so you read all types of rabbinic literature where they're taking a verse out of the Talmud or out of the Torah and they're giving a spin on it that's totally separated and divorced from its original meaning and intent. The same thing is true in mystical Judaism. The primary book of mystical Judaism, which is studied by the Hasidim today, the ultra-Orthodox Jews, with a huge movement within Judaism, the main source of mystical Judaism is a, a, called the Zohar. And when you study the Zohar, what does the Zohar do? It takes a verse out of the Torah and it gives that verse a meaning that was never understood by the original writers or the original audience. So to accuse me or us of taking a verse out of context and applying it to Jesus holds no weight at all because Judaism has done this for thousands of years. In fact, it is the Jewish way. But ultimately, again, at the end of the day, in terms of accuracy, if Jesus is the Messiah, which I've staked my life on the fact that he is, and so of most of you, then we can use the scriptures that point to him and feel 100% confident and 100% convinced that we're using the scriptures accurately because the point of the scriptures is to point, beloved, and to bring us to him. Well, this is Rabbi Schneider saying thank you for tuning in today. I hope you find this study as fascinating as I do. We're going to move forward in next week's broadcast. I'm going to cover some brand new material, but I just wanted to continue to lay that foundation today because, again, many of God's people did not really understand what the New Testament means when the New Testament writers use the word Jesus fulfilled the prophecy. They thought it was scientific prediction, but not all prophecy is scientific prediction that foretells the future. It's rather taking Israel's history, showing how Jesus took Israel's history, lived it out, embodied it in his own life, and thus filled it full with meaning or fulfilled it. Jesus said, my word is truth, Father, we thank you today for strengthening us with your word. Thank you, Father, for giving us a skeletal stuck structure in the spirit where we can stand strong 
and stand full, that our life is founded and grounded in the truth. Father, we say, Baruch Hashem, blessed be the name of the Lord. Father, thank you for your word. We love your word, Father God. Your word is truth. We love you, King Jesus. God bless you, beloved one, and shalom. Thank you for tuning in today. Beloved, I've been praying that Father God would continue to subject me and that I would cooperate with his subjection and come under the blade of his word. The word is living and active and sharper than a two-edged sword. And it's ministered to us in the power of the Holy Spirit through Messiah Jesus. In order for this process to take place, I have to be willing to come under his authority. And when we come under his authority, it affects our disciplining of our thoughts, our attitude, our words, everything in life, including how we use our finances. I want to encourage you, surrender your finances to God, to Hashem, because we can't enter into the fullness of His presence without being surrendered to Him in every area of our lives. If the Lord is blessing you and feeding you through this ministry, and you feel Him urging you to make a donation to Him through it, beloved, just be obedient. Here's how you can donate or become a monthly partner. Send your tax-deductible gift to Discovering the Jewish Jesus, P.O. Box 777, Blissfield, Michigan, 49228. Give by credit card at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. Call 1-800-777-7835 or text the keyword RABBI to 45777. To show our appreciation, we'll send you an audio CD and download of Rabbi's Message of the Month and our most recent newsletter. Your gift is bringing salvation, healing, and deliverance to Israel and the world through television, internet, and crusade outreaches. Finally, many of us have been faithful to the Lord with our finances while living. For those of you who like to remember the Lord in your finances when you go to heaven, click Will and Estate Gifts at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. In the book of Numbers, chapter 6, the Lord told Moses and Aaron, Speak these words over my people, and I will place my name upon them and bless them. Revelation today for a brighter tomorrow. Find Discovering the Jewish Jesus on all your favorite social media outlets and stay up to date on the content you love. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and subscribe on YouTube. Connecting with Discovering the Jewish Jesus has never been easier. If two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. 
Let our prayer team pray for you. Send us your prayer request today by visiting our website or writing to the address on the screen. Our prayer team lifts up every individual request before the Lord. And then, as God answers your prayer request, or if God has touched your life through discovering the Jewish Jesus, send us your testimony. We want to rejoice with you, and your testimony will encourage others. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Can prophecies be fulfilled again? On the next episode of Discovering the Jewish Jesus, Rabbi shares the principles of typological prophecy. Don't miss this exciting episode.